I gotta be able to see. Wait. Oh, I thought you were taking them off. That's why I, I can see. Did you need them for them all? Well, did they have glare? Yes. You know you start. Oh no, I do usually start. Right. Okay. Do we have a title for this episode? What's it called? How to be a twenty-something-year-old Christian. Okay. That's a mouthful. What about? That's the only, I mean, that's the best way you can put it. How to be a 20-something-year-old Christian. That's true. That's fine. Okay, you ready? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I always have the same problem. Every time. I ain't got my pinky ring at the end. Dang, okay. It's all good. I'm still a pimp. What? That's definitely going to the movers. <laughs> Oh, they can see my bummy sweatpants. It don't matter. It they can? Actually, no, I got it sitting up, so it should I was say, Jesus. <laughs> it doesn't look like Miles Morales. <laughs> you do, actually. It's strange. No, I call this my Miles Morales fit. Did you plan that? I did. I call this my Miles Morales fit after you and Christina said, you like Miles Morales with that. I'm judging. I'm, like, I'm judging. Okay. It's probably coming out soon. Excited. <laughs> my name is Jared White. My name is Markeith Stepter, and this is Man Cave, Escaping the Stigma, Building Men. On today's episode, our topic is how to be a 20-something-year-old Christian in today's society. <sighs> Being a 20-something-year-old Christian is extremely hard. Let me just say that first yeah. and foremost. Like, and we're black. Let's throw that in there as well. Oh, uh, so it makes it even harder. <laughs> oh, my God. Like... Being a 20-something-year-old 20, 20 Christian, I can't talk now. <laughs> Being a 20-something-year-old Christian is really like, it's like trying to um, trying to be the only sober, sober person at a party. Right. It's, you know, it's being the person who deviates from what everybody else is doing. And I think a lot of times, you know, people say that this is the lifestyle they want to live, this is what they choose, but they don't realize how many things you don't do, <laughs> you know? And I, I think, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, being a Christian is not, it's not some strict set of rules, like, you know, like a school dress code or anything. It's not anything like that. It's more so, the way we look at it is it's more of a standard that you hold yourself to and the, uh, a standard to your way of life to where you just don't do certain things. Yeah, like, for example, a lot of people call me boring because I don't go to parties, I don't drink, I don't smoke. I mean, I could, but I don't have the desire to do those things. Like, growing up, I was always exposed to these different things, and I saw what it does does to people and stuff of that sort. And honestly, I don't have I don't have to do that stuff to have fun. And on top of that, it, it brings me to like one of these scriptures, I think it's 1 Corinthians 11 and 1, when the Bible says, he says, be imitations of me as I am of Christ. You see Jesus out here now? Okay, Jesus maybe did drink, he turned water into wine. Right, but, and stuff but that, that was sort. within reason though. Within you know, reason, context. exactly, because like, if you're drinking it to get, to get drunk, that's gluttony. 
That's one of the um, seven deadly sins, right? I think. I don't know. Right? <laughs> I, I believe so. One of the seven deadly sins. Yeah, that is one of the seven deadly sins. Gluttony. And gluttony is horrible. It's like... it. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's Help like, me out, uh, son. Help me out. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you necessarily should. Like... For example, if I'm a millionaire, right, which that would be great, speaking that into existence. Amen, billionaire. But um, let's say I was a millionaire, or let's let's just say I had $1 million. If I had $1 million, I could go out and buy 10 or 15 cars maybe, right? That's what a lot of people would do, which is stupid, by the way. Don't do Extremely. that. But just because I could do that doesn't mean that I should. Because now I have 10 or 15 cars that, one, I'm not going to drive all of them. Two, they're probably going to be cars that I don't need. Three, why? What what purpose would it serve, you know what I'm saying, other than just being, I don't even know what word I would use to, to, to describe it. but Impulsive? Yeah, to, you know, being impulsive. Like, just because you have the ability to do something doesn't mean that you always should. And a lot of people don't realize... You know, my thing with, uh, I don't smoke or drink either. Um, and, you know, we're not judging you if you do. You know what I'm saying? But this is this is our lifestyle. And for people who are on the same journey that we're on, I'm sure you can relate to this. But, um, you know, when it comes to stuff like that, I don't know. I've always kind of found it problematic if you live a life that you constantly want to escape from. Ooh. That's just my way of thinking, you know. And going back to what you said earlier about, uh, like, desires and stuff, you know, a lot of people don't realize that when you really give your heart to Christ, um, he really starts to change your desires. You know, a lot of people talk about the will of God, uh, but they actually don't know what it means to be in the will of God. Hmm. And one of the things that, that comes with being in the will of God is that he renews you. You know, the Bible says to... Uh, I'm not going to quote any scripture verbatim on here, but in a nutshell, it says, you know, um, don't conform to the world, but instead be transformed with the renewal of your mind. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, what he's saying right there, uh, you know, the world should not influence you. You should influence the world. That's how it goes. That's what it means to be a Christian. You know, like you said, the Bible says that we're an imitation, excuse me, we're an imitation of Christ. And Christ was not influenced by the world. If so, he would have never had the impact that he did. He never would have done what he did. First and foremost, he would have been selfish, so he would have never died on the cross. Ooh, Let's start there. That's a word. That's <laughs> you know, a word. A lot of people don't think like that, but to be an imitation of Christ means that you're striving towards something better. And if it means you know you have to sacrifice some things, then then so be it. And so be it. I mean, and another thing that comes with like being a 20-something-year-old Christian, like, you want to party. You want to go out and drink. You want to go out and smoke. You want to, you know, just do all kinds of things. But, like, and I just want to say, it's it's harder being a 20-something-year-old Christian than it is to be, like, a 30-something, 40-something-year-old Christian because, like, in this time of your life, people just be like, oh, you young, live your life. Mm-hmm. And that's then, the favorite thing to say. That's the favorite thing to say. You young, live your life. Do all you can now because once you get older, that's it. 
okay, so that means go out here and sleep with a lot of people. That means go out here and get drunk every time, get waste, white girl wasted, get high as a mug, just be out here just doing anything. That's not necessarily what it means. Because at the end of the day, when you're young and you're for Christ, like, you're not going to go out here and do these things simply because you know for a fact that that people are looking at you. Like, people know, okay, this okay, this is a man of God. This is a woman of God. Okay, so, but look at how they living. So, this is how Christians out here living? Right. So, this is what they doing? I mean, and it's not, and it's not to say, oh, God, it's falling. Ugh. It's not to say that, um, Jesus, Jared, this thing is occupying my mind. Excuse me, people. That's a few te- technical difficulties. <laughs> No, it's good. It's good. Okay, we'll just edit that part out. So what was I? What was I? It's not to say. Talking about uh, being a twenty-something, thirty-something-year-old Christian, because they're saying you know go out and live your life and all that kind of stuff. And it's not to say that um that it's gonna be easy, because I struggle myself. Look, we up here talking about what it means to be a twenty-something-year-old Christian. We struggling ourselves, okay? Yeah. It's a journey. Oh, it's a journey. So don't don't even. I'm not. I'm not even a, a wonderful imitation of Christ. Let me just get that out there first, okay? Because I'm still young. I'm still learning. I'm still growing and transforming. I'm still trying to get closer to God, so He can't. So I. So He can renew me every day right. and stuff of that sort. But like, literally though, it's it's like you have to choose. You have to choose not to follow your flesh. Like, and this this is the main reason we fast. Is to is to starve your flesh that way your spirit can take over and be stronger. That's that's the main thing for fasting. In fact, people think fasting is just giving up TV, giving up this, giving up that. Fasting you don't eat, right. you don't eat, you don't you, you don't do TV, you don't do social media, you don't do anything. All you do is pray, read your Bible. Right. You, you you talk to God and you you just abide in His presence because that's when you hear Him speak the most. You know how can you imitate somebody? that you don't spend time with. Exactly. It's not possible. Exactly, and even Jesus himself in the Bible, he fasted for like 40 days and 40 nights. And then like, of course he lost a lot of weight and stuff of that sort. And of course the devil tempted him, you know, with bread and everything of that sort. And he was like, man does not live by bread alone. Meaning people out here saying, oh, I gotta eat. Like people up here worshiping food. Literally, mm-hmm. like, oh, I love food. Food is everything, this and this and that. That's, that that's an, I think I said this in the past episode. That's another main reason why I went vegan for a while is so I can control those urges and control, you know, what I put in my body and not necessarily be such a slave to food. Even now, I'm just like, okay, great. Like, a lot of times I go the whole day without eating, not because I choose to, but it's because I can, you know. And a lot of those times I try to spend time praying or reading that way, you know, kind of like getting a little intermediate fasting in, you know. But, like, literally when you fast, like, it helps you. It helps you on your journey being a 20-something-year-old Christian. It really, really does. It really makes a difference, and it sets you apart. Right. And and the Bible calls us to be set apart because what I think uh, a lot of people don't realize is, and I know this is going to sound crazy. It might even be controversial, <laughs> but. We love controversy. Right. We do. But let's be honest. If you are not a Christian, you know, you're not a follower of Christ, the Bible really doesn't apply to you. It does in a sense of, you know, the context and, and what it's saying, 
but as far as when he's talking about his children, when he's talking about, um, example, First uh, Peter 2 and 9, he says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, you know, a people for his own possession that you may uh, be products of, you know, of, of Christ, essentially. Like I said, I'm not going uh, verbatim on scripture. I'm just kind of going off the dome. But if you have not given your life to Christ, he's really not talking about you. And I'm not saying that you can't give your life to Christ. You can give your life to Christ at any moment. You can always you rededicate. To. You can always go back. You're never too far from God to where he can't meet you where you are and whatever your situation is. That's the one. But what I'm saying is, you know, the Christian person is called to be set apart from everyone else because you have to be the example. You have, Sometimes you're the only Christ that people know. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You never know what's going on in a person's situation where they may not have ever been preached to. They may have never been to church. They may have not ever had the gospel shared with them. You know what I'm saying? How can you uh, represent Christ if you look just like everybody else? Come on. How can I tell the CEO of a company if he's not dressed like a CEO, if he doesn't speak like a CEO, walk and talk like a CEO, if he looks like every other employee in the building, I'm not going to know who to go to. And I think that's what people have to realize, you know, it's, it's difficult being uh, a young Christian, you know, especially when you're still learning and stuff, because, of course, you know, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And a lot of times, you know, it feels like it's the end of the world when you do something crazy, you know, but it's not. It, it's really not like, like I said, God will meet you anywhere that you uh, anywhere that you are. It doesn't matter what type of mess you can get in. There's nothing that he can't fix. But you have to be willing to, um, you know, sacrifice those things. And it's just like you were saying earlier, you know, it's a decision. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to decide like, hey, you know, everybody around me, they, uh, I don't know, they, you know, whatever it is they do. Rubbing crystals together. Could be that, you know. Everybody around me is into new age spirituality. And I'm curious about it. Does that mean you go and try it? No. And I'm not saying, and once again, you know, you can always come back from it if you can, if you know, if you, if you do. But what we're saying is, you know, you have to make that conscious decision every day that like, you know, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to follow Christ. And it's hard. You know, like they say, it takes 30 days to create a habit. All it takes is five minutes to break one. And then you start, and it, a lot of times it feels like you starting from ground zero when you're really not. But, you know, we're just here to encourage you that you're not by yourself, hmm. you know, and that we're all on this journey with you, even though a lot of times it feels like being alone. Like he said, a lot of times you're the only sober person at a party, you know, or you may be the only person not going to the party. A lot of times people call us boring because we don't do anything. Don't do nothing. <laughs> and we're not saying it's wrong to party. We're not saying yeah. it's wrong to have fun. It just does not entice us in any kind of way right. there's nothing enjoyable about being in a room full of drunk people hot sweaty stanky and just like you know like that that environment is not fun we're more sort of kind of people be like small intimate group sitting down right. watching some movies eating chopping it up you know i like like the simple things in life honestly right. and um, don't get me wrong you send me on a trip somewhere i enjoy <laughs> that too but yeah everybody loves a trip <laughs> 
But um, yeah, it's uh, and, you know, a lot of times it's really hard because, like we say, you know, you want to do stuff. We're in college. You know, this is the land of women, drugs, and money. <laughs> you know, it's and so all, many and things. Ultimately, finding yourself. Right, and and that's the thing that you really have to be careful of because. I've never met a person, I've never met a, a drug addict who wanted to be a drug addict, drug addict, who their first intentions were like, yeah, I'm going to uh, smoke this weed and I want to be hooked on it for life, or I'm going to drink this alcohol and I want to be a slave to alcoholism for the next 20 years, or I'm going to you know, sniff this line and this is what I want to do the rest of my life. It doesn't start like that. Mm. you know. And a lot of people don't look at stuff, they're like, oh, I'm just going to try it. Um, I'm just gonna, you know, everybody else is doing it, so I'll just give it a chance. I'll be a, a social smoker, a social drinker, you know, and then it's a lifestyle. So you have to be careful of things that can become gateways to other things. You know, like he was saying, uh, alcohol within reason. Um, personally, I don't think it's wrong to drink alcohol per se. You know, I think, you know, I think it's okay if you drink wine with dinner, you know, or something like that. But that's totally different from like, oh, I'm going to get a bottle and I'm going to turn up this Friday. You know what I'm saying? I'm about to be wasted because you don't know what you can open the door to while you're wasted. You don't know what you're allowing inside of your spirit. You know what I'm saying? And things like that, you have to be careful. I mean, let's think about it. Every time you go to, if you've ever been to a real liquor store, you know, for anybody that drinks like actual liquor, I'm not talking about, you know, my Walmart goers. <laughs> but if you ever go to like an actual liquor store, you'll always notice that it says wine and spirits on there. That right there tells me, you know, I, I think I'm OK. I don't, I don't really want to do that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really just a journey. It's, it's a learning process. Um, early, I, I believe, uh, um, you know, you had some more scriptures you wanted to uh, kind of touch on. Oh, when we were talking yeah, about yeah, this yeah. earlier. But, but before I do though, I wanted to kind of like piggyback off of the thing we said. It start off as a decision. Yeah. It was I took a course. It was a substance abuse course, and they and the and the, and they posed the question: um, Do you think addiction is a, is is a choice, or is it a or it's a um, or it's a disease? Or I forgot the other word to use for it is either a choice or a sickness, like a disease or something something of that sort, and. Like, like I said, it, it, it starts off as a choice. You know, you decide, okay, I'm going to go ahead and try it this one time. You try it that one time, you're like, oh, well, I kind of like it, you know, this, this, and that. I'm going to just try it again and stuff of that sort. And then next thing you know, that one decision turns into an addiction. Like, you're sick now. Like, you can't, you cannot stop unless you have it. A lot of people can't even think without smoking. You know, yeah, that's that is true. The, that, is, that is sad. A lot of people can't think without smoking. They can't calm down without smoking. Like, they're so dependent on these drugs now all of a sudden for these different feelings and stuff like now it's like if you don't have it how can you function in, in, in real society right so therefore like you really are not helping yourself in any shape form or fashion you know, that, that's me being a substance substance abuse and psychology major type <laughs> person but anyways um it was the other scripture I had I think it was Titus 2 6 and 7 it was like uh, likewise urge younger men to be self-controlled Mm. Self-control. That is the number one thing in being 
a, a 20 something year old Christian, self control, which ties into self discipline and self love. Right. Getting to the last one. Um, but it was like, uh, show in all your respects to be a model of, of good faith, good works, um, and in your teaching, show integrity and dignity, something of that sort. Like we said, not verbatim. But um, uh, pretty much, you know, it's just saying, like, you know, like, people are looking at you, even when you think they're not. You know, and you have to set the example for people who are younger than you. Because younger folk, they don't look at the old, old folk. They look at people who's more so around their age or closer to their age, and they really, really look up to them. Like, we uh, do tutoring at a uh, at an elementary school, and those kids, i never forget the one day, that dude, that, that, that little boy, he looked at me, at me one day, and he looked me dead in the eyes, and his eyes was just looking like, please, give me some type of answer. Like, And I could cry right there on the spot, honestly. Like, it was just, I don't know, like... Like they're so innocent, and it's just they're so easy to be shaped and molded, and they're just looking for somebody to just to just model themselves after, somebody to look up to, like. And it is our job as as twenty something year old Christians to give them like the correct model to remind them of God, to reflect God, because Christ made us to be like Him. So, I mean, you, you I mean you can't be like Him when you out here doing any kind of thing, especially if you out here, right. you know, um, sleeping with everything that walks. Right. Um, and I forgot, did I remember the other one? Okay, the other one, I think it was like Matthew 5 and 14. It was like, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Meaning, you are the light of the world. Christians, we are called to be set apart. You are the light of the world. A city set upon the hill, that's a metaphor, cannot be hidden. If you are set apart and people are looking at you, I mean, there's there's nothing that you do that can be hidden. All all things done in the dark will come to a light. Simple as that. I mean, oh Lord, I done done some things in the dark. They stay in the dark. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, like he said, like in college, like it's easy to fall victim to so many different things. Right. Like people out here rubbing crystals together, thinking that's helping energies and stuff. Like witchcraft. Like it's all different kinds of things out here, and it's easy to fall victim to those things and be like, oh, I'm gonna try it out. Oh, I like it. You know, and and be stuck doing some stuff that's opening gateways for all different kinds of things to come in and just make home right. in your spirit. So, I mean, Loki lost where I was going. Mm -hmm. I was about to bring it back to something, but oh yeah, like and in college, like, you know, I've I've done a lot of things, made a lot of mistakes, talking about some finding myself and doing things of that sort or whatever, but like when I say God's an awesome God, that's why he say like you can never be too far away for God to help you and I think it's somewhere in the Bible says in your brokenness is when God is closest to you right. you know when you when you feel like you are furthest away that's when he is 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 nearest and stuff of that sort so like you have to remember that you have to remember and think always to like what am I doing to reflect God and stuff of that sort now a lot of the times when we're thinking that okay like it's hard like I say it's difficult we young we want to have fun we want to do this we want to do that like I'm not always thinking you know Oh, what the Lord want me to do? I mean, I'm not saying that's a good thing, but like I'm trying to get to that place. I'm trying to get to being right. a model man of God. I mean, yeah, it's, it's a process. Exactly, it's a whole process. So, that's what I got. You know, it's funny because when you were saying that, you made me realize that you know, like he said, college is a place where everybody goes to find themselves. And I think the funniest thing about that is, what happens when you find something else 
Because how can you find yourself in a place where everybody's pulling you in different directions to be like them? How can you find yourself? And that was one thing that I really struggled with when I got into college, which, you know, I, I graduate in a few months now, so I'm on the tail end of it. But, you know, I realized if college has taught me nothing else, it's taught me that everybody's looking for God. They just don't know it. They don't. Because if you think about it, everybody is looking for something to fulfill them. And nothing can fulfill you except Christ. But if you don't know that, you'll go to every other outlet trying to find that. And you'll never find it because Christ is not in the club. And I'm not knocking you if you go to the club, but I put all my money that he's not there. He's not in the alcohol Christ is bottle. not in. He's not at the bottom. He's not in the of your tequila bottle. He's not in the blood. Yeah, he's not in your back. He's not in them crystals you rub together. He's not in. He ain't in the zodiac sign crap. Right. He's he's really not. And if you really want to find yourself, then you need to find Christ, because who can tell you more about you than the person who made you? I'm about to lay out on this floor. What? And. So that's our take on it. Um, let us know what you guys think. Um, and you know, one of the good things about it is uh, when you're uh, when you're a twenty-something-year-old Christian like us, you kind of you kind of have to find what I call an accountability partner. Yes. Because it's it's not many of you, you know, and a lot of times you feel ostracized, you feel alone. And, you know, you feel like because your path is so different from everyone else's, you know, you'll question yourself a lot and you're like, man, am I wrong? Or when you get into certain situations, people can give you worldly advice instead of godly advice. Definitely. But if you find you another, uh, you know, another Christian male or female, you know, um, they can kind of serve as an, uh, as an accountability partner. Like, that's what we do for each other. We're, we're brothers. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Literally, like not by blood but we're still brothers very much in that sense like we help each other in in so many ways you know and i think that's what everybody should do that would be my advice is to first go to god about everything first and foremost you know whatever it is that you're struggling with and then next would be to find an accountability partner or a mentor or somebody who can help guide you in this journey or somebody that you can walk uh walk this journey with like I said, whether it's a friend, a relative, or, or whoever, just to, uh, you know, kind of give you a little bit of help uh, as you're matriculating through, um, you know, life in your 20s because it can be difficult. It can be very, very trying. And like I said, you know, you'll, you'll call yourself finding yourself in, in so many things, and you may end up in a rabbit hole of stupidity. <laughs> you need somebody to pull you out. Of course, the Lord will pull you out, you know. Which he should always be your upline. That should be your go-to. But sometimes, you know, it's also really good to have somebody right here in the physical that you can just just talk to about it and, you know, who, who are in the same situation or, you know, similar situations or, you know, maybe have been there or, you know, maybe they're not, but they can offer good godly advice. Definitely. And my advice would be to try to get into the habit of praying every day. Mm -hmm. I try to get into the habit of praying every morning. Sometimes I can't wake up because I'm into trifling. But try to get into the habit of praying every morning. Start your day off with prayer. Literally, the days I start my day off with prayer 
and getting a little bit of the word and a little bit of reading, those days always go the smoothest. Like, yeah. no lie, it always goes the smoothest. Um, but even if you don't start your day off with it, end your day with it. Get in the middle of the day. Try to spend time with God every day. That right there in itself will give you a little bit of self-discipline, and that will put you in a position to be in the presence of God so he can speak to you more, so he can help you out more. You know, and also take it easy on yourself. It's not easy. I sometimes be beating myself up because I be like, I know better. Why can't I do better? It's easy to do. Is, why, I know better. Why can't I do better? And sometimes I beat myself up about it. And sometimes I be so ashamed of it that I don't go to God for it. Mm. I don't go to God with it. I be like, oh, he don't want to hear from me. I just did this. Oh, he don't want to hear from me. I just did that. That's not true. God wants to hear about all of it. He wants you to come to him for everything. How else are you going to work on it? It's like going to therapy, but you never show up to the sessions. Right. <laughs> like, seriously. So, like, just bring everything to him, no matter how ashamed you feel about it. Just, it, it reminds me of, like, when um when Adam and Eve, when they first, um, when Eve mm-hmm. first, first bit the apple and they could see everything. Right. And Adam and Eve was up here hiding and the Lord was just like, don't hide from me. You know, don't be ashamed or something of that sort. Not verbatim, but, you know, still, though, like, don't hide from him. Right. That's all I got. So, that's it for this episode. Uh, will there be a part two? Uh, I'm not sure. Come back and see, and you'll, you know. You'll find out. (laughs) So, tune in next time. Yeah, peace out. I think that was a good episode. Me too. It was very good. I think that's going to be a really good one. Please, Bart, tell me this thing real quick. Jerry, why stop?